Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Praise the Lord. Uh, this morning, I'm not going to hold you very long. Amen. That was really great. Amen. A couple quick little things. Uh, you know that you um, did not know a whole lot about Christmas if some of these things have happened to you. You mentioned the Star of the East, and someone thought you were talking about Jackie Chan. Uh, your son thought that uh, St. Nick, Chris Kringle, and Father Christmas were the three wise men. You got, and I like this one, you got Christmas cards from companies more than friends. When you hear the name Bethlehem, you think, ah, still manufacturing. Amen? Yes. And you ask your neighbor to celebrate by coming to church with you on Christmas Eve, and they say, what's uh, the church got to do with Christmas? That's around a lot. Uh, The last time you said Merry Christmas uh, to someone, they called the politically correct police. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, When you told your Sunday school class about the Magi's gifts, a couple of the kids thought about the current market value of them. And then lastly, the number one reason why Christmas might be a little too commercial is simply you, have, you went out and spent more money running and buying uh, than you did bowing in worship to your Lord. And so we're glad to have you all here today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk just for a few moments. We could have done a million things today uh, uh, on Christmas. I know that a lot of people do Advent candles, uh, and again, the Advent candles uh, uh, are, are hope and peace and joy and love, and then, of course, the Christ candle. Uh, many churches do that during this, uh, this time, uh, but I don't want to burn down the church today, so uh, we're going to talk about why or how Christmas changes our lives. Anybody ever thought about that? You go through... Christmas, you go through a lot of times, uh, you know, and you, th- you scratch your head and say, how is this going to change my life? I'm going to go to Luke chapter 2, start with verse uh, 8 through 14, and it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy uh, for all the people. Today in, uh, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company or host of heavenly hosts uh, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Today is, again, 
Christmas Day. And again, thank you for coming today, for enjoying this wonderful time together. And for those of you that maybe are watching online, uh, God bless you at home. Because I know there's a lot of people are opening gifts with their kids this morning and various other things. Uh, we did ours, I think, on Thursday of this last week. So we're done. We're over with. Kids are already played and then put them in the, uh, in the corner. So that's, that's why, how that works. But how does uh, this Christmas we talk about affect every one of us? I mean, like next week or uh, March or April or June of this next year, how does Christmas affect us in any way? Are we happier because of this thing we call Christmas? Do we have more peace? Are we a better person because of Christmas? And it's sort of interesting that, uh, you know, when, when the Lord came into this world, he says, I'm here to change the world. Well, he's here to change the whole world, but really what he wants to do is change your world. It's your world he's concerned about. And so again, yes, the Lord is here to change everything under the sun uh, in this world that we live in, but he's here to change your world. And uh, if, if Christmas doesn't change us, there's a real problem that we might have. The God of the universe, think about this, the God of the universe comes down to this planet and is born like you and I are born. I know he's God incarnate, I realize that. He's Emmanuel, God with us. But here he is being born just like you and I are born. Uh, it's amazing to me, and, I, and I've said this a few times in my life, that uh, I don't know what changed uh, in, in, in the form of God or in, in the form of Jesus, uh, but whenever he was born in this body, he didn't just get rid of it when he went back to heaven. He is still in this glorified body that he has that we're going to have someday. And so there's something fundamentally different about Jesus now than there was in history past. It's really the truth. And if you go to Jesus in heaven someday, which I believe every one of you will if you know Christ, and you go up to him, he will show you the marks on his hands, the marks on his side, because he's got his glorified body. And so he loved us so much that he became different than what he was in eternity past, and he will always be different towards eternity future. That is incredible. That would be like you or us being born a slug to save slugs. But not only that, we're stuck as a slug the rest of our existence. Anybody up for that? Not a single one of us is up for being a slug for the rest of our existence. But the God of the universe came down here, died on the cross, and has a glorified body, and he has been changed in some wonderful way. I don't, I don't envy him, <laughs> be it what we are, but he has that glorified body in heaven. And so again, if, if these uh, truths cannot really change our lives, uh, then there's a, a real problem with us, I believe, not with our Lord and our Savior. First of all, the Lord uh, changes my life by giving me genuine love. Whenever I was uh, growing up in church, and uh, some of you heard me talk about this from years, years, years gone by, uh, I got saved about every Sunday night. Not a good guy sometimes, and you know, had to run up to the altar on a Sunday night and got saved. But one day in my, in my existence, I 
ran into Jesus that loved me. Now, you know, before I, I, I was running to the altar because I thought, you know, if I die tonight, I, I might go to hell. <laughs> if I die tonight and I, I don't run to an altar, there's something terrible is going to happen to me. God is in heaven, maybe even with a big stick to hit me with. I'm going to go to an altar tonight. And so I was down there all the time getting saved, if you will. But then I ran into Jesus that truly, truly loved me. And you know what? I, I'm not much different. I'm a little different than I used to be. But I still have my honorary side. Those of you that know me know that's to be true. I have a little bit of my honorary side in me. But you know what? I, I'm not necessarily a, oh, well, you know, you know, eternal security person. I don't mind if you believe that. That's okay. As long as you're serving Jesus. But I have to tell you, I don't stay awake at night. I don't get up in the morning wondering whether I'm a Christian now. I ran into the Jesus that loves me in such a way that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for me that if I receive him, I am saved. Can I put a little period there? Boom. This is what this, this experience of Jesus coming to this earth should mean to every one of us. Uh, for love comes from God, it says in 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is indeed love. It is amazing to me that God loves me. Now, I don't know about you. You all are better people than I am. But I am mystified that the God in heaven looks over the, 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 uh, the peak of the heaven and looks down to earth and says, Ooh, that dude right there, I love him. You know, and the Father looks at Jesus and goes, Him? <laughs> Do you know, what he, you know what riles around in his brain? Now, my, nothing rattles around here any more than what rattles around yours. But he loves me because he came to earth just not for the whole world. He came to earth for me. It says in the word of God this, John 1, 1, through 1 and 14. In the beginning was the word. We all know that scripture. And the word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from, heaven, from the Father, full of grace and truth. The disciples would ask Jesus, other people would ask Jesus, show us the Father. <laughs> He'd say, look at me. Jesus say, look, whatever, whatever you see me, that's what my Father has told me to do. Whenever I look and I see what my Father is doing, that's what I do. He says, you want to know what God the Father is all about? Just look at me. Emulate what I do. Uh, see how I act and react. God should change our lives because we're supposed to be like Jesus. Now, you get saved, and you really don't know that much about Jesus yet. I mean, you, 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 you're thankful for his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. Uh, but, you know, you have to sort of learn how to talk like Jesus, be like Jesus, act like Jesus. That's okay. But Jesus sets the example. We look at Jesus, we see the Father. 
And what should really happen is the world should look at us and see Jesus. Come on. Has Christmas truly changed us? Do we really, really emulate our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ? Because that is what we're supposed to do. And I've seen people, you know, uh, there, there are studies galore about personalities and where you come from and how you was raised and all that kind of stuff. Uh, do we have any red-haired people here? Okay, good. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Red-haired people are supposed to be just, well, I'm just mad because I'm red-haired. You're not. I know you're not. No, you're not. You're born again. You're no new creature in Christ. Well, I came from this uh, uh, background, this nationality, so I'm this way. No, you're not. You're born again. And because you're born again, the Lord has, has shed his love upon you that is changing your life. Secondly is this. I am changed because of everlasting peace. Now, I, I know that most of us work really, really hard and we pursue peace. But many, many people never find peace. Yeah. Have you found peace in life? You say, well, I found peace in life except for this and this and this and this. Then you haven't really found peace. Jesus... He's, he's out on a boat with his disciples, and they're all going to die, and it's going to sink. And, and, and they wake him up. Uh, he's asleep in the boat. And he gets up and says, what do you guys want? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, we're going to die, Jesus. He gets up, wind, wave, knock it off, come on, settle down. And he may have just went back to bed and went to sleep again. You talk about peace. Jesus had peace. Why did he have peace? is because he knew what tomorrow held. And he knew that he was going to be okay as long as the Father was with him. And you know what? You and I can have peace that passes all understanding. You want that kind of peace tonight? This morning, I should say. The peace that passes all understanding. I know decisions that we have made in our past uh, sometimes haunt us. Do we still remember the mistakes we've all made? And Oh, well, well, the first thing I told you covers that, the love of Christ. He loves you so much, he forgives you. And sometimes Satan will come up into your ear and whisper, you remember what you used to be? You remember what you did? You know, you remember that and that and that? Well, we can say, yeah, I remember it, but I've been forgiven of it. It is amazing that the Lord gives us peace that passes all understanding. What are you going through? What's happening in your life? You say, well, I just can't have peace right now because of this and this. Yes, you can. You can rest in the presence of the Lord because uh, the old adage, and again, I've used it from time to time, you know, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And of course, the old, that's a cliche from years gone by, but it's a true one. Jesus Christ holds our tomorrows, and it doesn't matter. Uh, I remember what we were here, and we were in the old building. Uh, Jackie had just been diagnosed with uh, uh, ovarian cancer, and she was sitting on the front row over in the other building, and I was getting up to preach, and I looked at her, and I knew that she had ovarian cancer. But both of us had incredible peace. Why? Why? Because we know who held each one of us. 
And matter of fact, she, uh, she had some people come to her uh, during that time and would say, Jackie, now you, you're, you're claiming that you're, you're healed, right? And she didn't give the right answer to some of them. She says, well, I don't really know positively whether I'm going to be living or dead, but I know who I trust. She says, you know, ovarian cancer kills people. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to trust the Lord that whether I live or I die, I'm, I'm going to serve God. What a, what a marvelous thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in, in believing in miracles that we forget about the miracle giver. That's Jesus Christ. Because if I'm not mistaken, some very, 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 very spiritual people have died. Let's see, all the disciples are dead. Uh, all the old-time prophets, uh, all of the great preachers and teachers and uh, Christians of years gone by. You know what? They're all dead. <laughs> that does not negate the fact that peace can rule in our hearts and our lives, no matter what you are going through. You know what? You can have peace. I'm going to just skip over this pretty quickly. You can have peace with God because he loves you so much. You can have peace with others. Have you got anyone in your life that uh, just drives you crazy? Oh, just a few of you? Oh, my goodness. If I was God, I would burn the hair off of some people's heads. They bug me so much that, you know, but the fact that <laughs> maybe I wouldn't, I don't know. But I can have peace with God. I can have peace with other people because probably the people that bug me, I'm bugging them. And so we stand there and look at each other and go, huh, you bug me. Well, you bug me. And we go, you know, well, you, you know. But you know what? We can have peace in this world. You know, it's funny that churches, this church, other churches, you throw a bunch of people together in a building. And because we're called Christians, we're supposed to all get along. Wow. <laughs> I have seen some of the meanest people in church that I've ever seen anywhere. Church can be worse than, than, a, than, a, than a bar on Saturday night. Wow. But the Lord says we should be above all of that because of Him coming. We should be able to have peace with people. And I want to tell you, if the Lord can make peace with me, while I was yet a sinner... He died for me. And so if I can have that in my life from the Lord, I think I should be able to have peace with people in the church and in this world that we live in that, that sometimes drives me crazy. The Bible says, live at peace with everybody as long as it lives within you to do so. Wow. And see, these are the things that the Lord has delivered to us because of this great Christmas time. And then I can have peace with myself. I think sometimes that peace is the hardest peace. You know, again, we think back on what we have been, what we were like. Uh, I've told you before, I had a friend of mine that uh, was so disgusted with himself by what he did in life that he would stand in front of a mirror and curse himself out. You, think, you say, what an idiot. Yes. God. He couldn't stand what he did and how he lived. And he would just stand in front of a mirror and curse himself out. I want to tell you what. I'm not perfect, but I like me. Do you like yourself? 
See, people that don't like themselves get into a lot, a lot, a lot of problems. But I want to be a person that is receives from the Lord the peace and joy that I can get with Him, with I can get with other people, I can get with myself. And I can, I can come to that place in my life. I can live this life not because I'm a great person, but because I'm a forgiven person. I want to tell you just one more thing, and we're going to close here in just a second. Christmas changes me because it gives me purpose. Purpose. If you don't have any purpose in life, you must be miserable. Seriously. And I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever, but it's just, it's horrible. You have a purpose today. It is to worship God. It is to belong to a community of believers. It is to grow in spiritual maturity. It is to serve other people and to share the gospel. Matter of fact, William Booth, everybody should know William Booth, the, the head of the Salvation Army when it started. He said that we are to serve with a heart to God and a hand to man. That gave him his purpose in life. And if you come even to this church, and, and I'll, I'll meddle just a minute, if you come to this church and you go, well, you know, every Sunday I go and see, same things, and I'm just, you know, I listen to the sermon and we pray a little bit, we sing some songs, we go home, you don't have a purpose. You need to have a purpose when you come here. It might be to work in kids. Uh, Bobby, I think you might need some more help from time to time. Yeah. Wednesday night, might need some help from time to time. You know, we all come, ushers on and on and on the list goes. There is purpose in life. God came to give us purpose. He, he, he got a bunch of scroungy old guys, 12 of them, to follow him. He gave them purpose to create this church that we know, to build this kingdom that we're a part of, and it gave them purpose to work together and to go do life together. My purpose right now is to be the interim pastor of this church, to do what I do here, but I have... Whether I was the interim pastor here or not, I would still have purpose. My parents drove, drove into my heart and my life this. You're not going to church to be served today. You're going to church to be a servant. That's how it was in my house from the moment I got born. I was about six weeks old, and they come and laid me in there. My mom said, now you're not here. I know she didn't say it. Whenever I got older, I was there to be a servant to that church. And you know what? All through my life, that gave me purpose. It was my purpose to, uh, uh, to, to go and testify, to witness, uh, to be a Sunday school teacher. Jack and I were Sunday school teachers when we were 14 years old. Uh, and, and we realized the, uh, the lady that was the head of our department was, had her ear to our door. Uh, we didn't teach together. I taught one. And had her ear to our doors, uh, uh, seeing if we were doing good or not. We had purpose in life. I hope and I pray that this Christmas brings you purpose. Purpose to serve your Lord with all your heart. Purpose to serve your brothers and your sisters in the Lord and the people out there that don't know Christ. You do realize that you were once one of them. You were once a sinner and you have now been saved by grace. Amen. We're no different than the world we live in. 
And I hear so many Christians, especially if you've been safe for a little bit, oh, this world is so awful, so terrible, I just don't know if we have any hope for it. People didn't have hope for you until you got saved. People thought, looking at you, wow, there's, there's no way that person can get saved. And you know what? The Lord came, touched your heart, touched your life, and saved you. Wow. And had given you purpose in this life. I'm going to close. But what a wonderful time to be together for Christmas morning. Amen? Christmas morning. So again, this coming Wednesday, yes. Next Sunday, yes. And we're going to have a great, great time. New Year's is right around the corner. I believe that God is up to something. I think he wants to save souls, deliver people, grow his church. You have a pastor and his wife coming sometime in April. And we need to work hard to make sure it is the best it can be when we turn it over. Amen. God is an incredible, incredible God, and he loves each and every one of you. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. If for some reason you're here today, on this Christmas day, and you don't know Christ, you don't have purpose, you don't, you've not sensed God's love and his forgiveness, we simply want to pray with you before you leave today. By an upraised hand, you'd say, Pastor, I, I need Jesus, maybe for the first time, or maybe a rededication of your heart to the Lord, very, very quickly, where I'm not going to beg for the Lord, but you're here today and you need Christ for the first time or a rededication. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. We thank you, Lord God, that you came to this world. You were born as a baby. And Lord God, to experience life like we experience it. Lord God, that you can sit by your Father this morning saying, I know what they're going through. I know what's happening in their life, and I want you to forgive them and help them and bless them and direct them through this world. Father, give us purpose. If there are some people here that, Lord God, are simply going through the motions as Christians, give them a purpose, even in this church, to work and to do and to be what they need to be. Lord God, we love you and we thank you. Now bless those people that have come out on this uh, wonderful day. Lord God, keep us safe as we head towards uh, our houses and the places where we're going to enjoy the rest of the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I really think you ought to, again, give somebody a handshake, a hug around the neck.